0: Oh, that quirky Wanda. She learned nothing from enslaving an entire town for a nine-episode TV show. WandaVision! Welcome back to the Blood and Macaron Podcast, Ryan from Goldsplatation.com and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. K pasa? How's it going? Oh, changing it up a little bit this time, huh? Can't can't be doing the same things over and over again. No. Everybody has their own, you know, their intros, their, you know, every show does it a little bit differently. Yeah. We don't. One time we'll have to try to, like, really change it up, do something Crazy. No, what that would be I can't think of right now but
1: we're we're not that podcast we're tried and true yeah
0: we're consistent we, we stay the course we do the thi- we do the thing we do and that's it if you're listening for any other reason don't bother we don't do <laughs> we don't even really do skits either Just go off on tangents sometimes talk about movies drink some beer that's listen that's the thing skits we do.
1: Are, skits are for YouTube and Fridays we're not that for a podcast,
0: skits are for people that can do voices and accents well. That's not me.
1: That's me. I've yeah, you've done remember, a few. Got you know, got rave reviews. on my Canadian accent. <laughs> back on my my yeah. bloody Valentine. Yeah, you've
0: you done a few, but so what are we here to talk about we We took a we took off a week break and we're back, and we had talked um, last time about doing an episode on uh, a recent Disney Plus. Release one. I
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say recently. It's probably been like a three-month. Well, no. It just.
0: It just hit. Well, yeah. We. It it just hit (laughs) Disney Plus, though. Is what I mean. It just. Just you know, came came out on Disney Plus. Been out. in theaters made the made the rounds. You know, Disney at this point is saying COVID. What? I don't know. Throw it in theaters.
1: um, They've been saying that since COVID. They were like one of the first places to open back up. Yeah. What do you? What do you? And you got the like, greatest meme of all time when you got when they opened up Disney World in the middle of COVID, and it's like, why are you doing it? And it's got Mr. Krabs, and he's like, <laughs> money. <laughs> money.
0: No, I don't. Uh, but I don't think that they were releasing movies to theaters until maybe Spider Man came out. I think that Spider Man maybe may have been the first one to, or maybe it was Shang Chi, might have been the first one that they actually released oh. to theaters. Come again. Yeah, the one that we didn't do, we'll pretend it doesn't exist because we didn't do it. Uh, well, we didn't,
1: do, we didn't do that. Eternals, Black Widow. Yep, you know.
0: we missed all those. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Hopefully, we
1: hope they'll have a bearing on the plot seven films down from now.
0: Yeah, and we're not talking about the recently released Obi Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus either. That that there. recently finished.
1: Why hello there! Yep. Maybe that's what I've changed my my saying to you and McGregor's. Why hello there!
0: Well, you, yeah, you know he does that in the the series, right? Yeah, yeah you've seen I, that.
1: Yeah, I, well, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm like somebody.
0: No, I mean, but you you've seen that in the series, the new series. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, okay. The new Whoops, series. ruined it for you. Sorry.
1: God Be- damn it. Become
0: the new meme.
1: Spoilers.
0: Um, yeah, no, we're we're not talking about that. Uh, we're talking about Doctor Strange. In the Multiverse of Madness. And this is also, I should point out right now, this is a title that I'm probably going to say wrong throughout the show <laughs> because I, I uh, tend to fall back to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But it's not. It's it's Doctor Strange literally in the Multiverse of Madness. And I'll probably get that wrong throughout, <clears> so you'll be there to correct me, of course.
1: No, it's Evil Dead 4. <laughs> yeah, Alternate S- title, S-
0: Evil Dead 4, e- the PG-13 version.
1: Evil Dead Four for Gen Z with Doctor <laughs> Strange.
0: Yeah, because we did. They got Sam Raimi back. They offered well, him a bag, a bushel of money.
1: <laughs> like I, like I said, I've been I, in my mind. I like to think that he was just waiting around for like a decade, and somebody handed him this. Like, yeah, yeah, I can finally do Evil Dead. Sure, I'll do Evil Dead Four.
0: Yeah, someone I either... out of sight,
1: out of out of, sight, out of mind with Ash versus here's, Evil Dead, Here's here's yeah. what I
0: think. There's two probably two scenarios that could have occurred with Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, either, you know, got hold of the script for Doctor Strange and he said, "You know what? I can do my Sam Raimi thing on this." Or, executives read the told- script for Doctor Strange and were like, "The only person that can do this movie is Sam Raimi because Sam Raimi does Evil Dead things, and this is basically an Evil Dead thing." Do you th- so get this to Sam Raimi?
1: So, here's the question that I was kind of pondering, and I don't really know the answer to, and I honestly don't have a good guess on the feeling of it yet. But in your estimation, do you think the Evil Dead notes are within the script, or do you think Raimi puts them in there ad libbed and ad hoc of, like, mm. like... like, Like, well, so, like, I, I, I can't... I don't know if it was, like, written to be, like, the... Within the script to be like kind of like an homage to like the insanity of, you know, the Evil Dead series or if Raimi injected it.
0: You know, I I think that Raimi injected it because he saw the similarities to the Evil Dead franchise. I don't think that it was originally intended to have that. So, you know, the Darkhold itself was already um, had a precursor in WandaVision at the end of the, the show. So I don't I don't necessarily think like the the dark hold and the idea of it being like a stand in for the necronomicon was um a, like a Raimi thing i think that that was that was in well, the script had, well but, they
1: had to have been producing it at the same time yeah yeah but, but so. i i
0: think that the dark hold itself was a thing that they were going for and not necessarily a sam ramy thing and it does tie into doctor strange as well of like you know ancient books and um you know, stuff like that, that, that is very much a Doctor Strange type of idea. You know, searching for spells and forbidden books and things like that. That's, that's a Doctor Strange thing as much as it is an Evil Dead thing. So I don't think that that necessarily was from Sam Raimi. But I do think that he injected a lot of that stuff that we, um, we get in the film. And I think the injection is more um, the cameos, you know, you know um, Bruce Campbell cameo, the, the Delta showing up. Um, the, even the sh- the addition of like the Evil Dead type shots of you know the zoom ins to like doors closing and stuff like that, I think those were all injections from Sam Raimi, and as I think we'll talk about, and I saw a funny comment on Letterboxd yesterday when I was just looking, you know, I was putting my own review down and I was just looking at some of the comments and someone said, "Hey, Marvel executives, let Sam Raimi direct a couple scenes here." And I thought that was pretty funny because it's true. It be, that yes, is true. Because exactly. This film
1: is a <clears throat> CGI fest, which the first one was too, but this like more. So, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of these films use CGI to a ridiculous amount, which, you know, it's the way things are, whatever. <laughs> but it's like, so like, I just like imagining in my head, like how the fuck do you make this? Like if you're like, Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen and Benedict Wong like what the fuck are you doing like how, like how, like in my head it's just
0: like you're I, I, you're voicing your characters in the hopes of getting cast in the next Wes Anderson cartoon film
1: like like my mind is just like freaking out right. and actually um I was just watching a video recently of like from Red Letter Media I can't what the hell remember what the review was on but the insert, they were talking about, like, the like the, uh, extra bonus thing that they found of, like, Sir Ian McKellen having a breakdown on the Hobbit set because he's just acting on a green screen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, God, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what the, you know? Right. And that's, like, like uh, how I felt watching this film some of the time. Because it's like, yeah, kind of like, you know, the, the CGI is, you know, good and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, holy fuck, like
0: it doesn't end. Ha- yeah, and, and
1: I I would be having an existential crisis too cuz it'd be like what the, like what the hell. Right.
0: Doctor Strange 2 is is like kind of um taking the extremities of the rest of the the films that have like, you know, uh oh, there's like regular settings, you know, there's a regular New York setting and then, you know, maybe the finale has like the showdown in the CGI land. But in Doctor Strange 2, it's like, no, everywhere is CGI land. Like, and that is kind of like what the film does. And you're right, it, it almost feels like we're watching like a never-ending video game cutscene with them voicing their characters instead it's of...
1: Metal Gear, it's Metal Gear Solid 4 Sons of Patriots. It's just a three-hour cutscene. Yeah.
0: But actually, <laughs> that's not even what I thought that they were referring to in the comment, though, about like all the CGI, is more so the fact that this feels like a... A movie that Marvel executive said, "Okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this, and how you get there, will let you devise some of that." But the but Doctor Strange two is really still, you know, even though it's directed by Sam Raimi, I would say that it is pretty cleansed of like a lot of the um, the uniqueness of him bringing something to the table. You get a little of it, but it does feel a lot like it was sanitized by Marvel executives to stay within these boundaries. Like you need to stay, you know, you need to hit these, (laughs) these milestones or else we're not calling this a Marvel entertainment movie. Kevin Feig is like over on the sidelines, shaking his head like, Sam, that's too, too many zooms. Okay. All right. You need to cut down on the zooms in there.
1: if if, If they wanted that, they should have just hired Paul Feig then. Mm. you would have gotten you're like oh
0: well and that's and that's a thing that we'll we'll have to talk about you know if you're gonna sanitize some of and i'm not saying that the film is completely sanitized of course but if you're gonna sanitize a lot of what makes the director you know a unique prospect for a marvel movie then why bother why not just go back to the you know to the i
1: think though at the same time i think it's I would almost say it's a Raimi choice, though, too. He's old. I, like you, you see this constantly of, like, directors who, mm-hmm. you know, start off, you know, in low-budget, very, you know, gritty, realistic things. And by the time they're old and they've made their money, they're like, yeah, I'll, I'm doing something for my kids, you know. I'll do what, I'll
0: do what you tell me. You, you yeah. hand me that, you know, that Apple basket full of money. Yeah. Which? $100 bills.
1: I mean... You can, I I mean, it, as nice as it would be to see like the R-rated or a tour horror film with this by Raimi, which would be great. I can't expect him when the man's like over 60 now to be like bothering with that kind of nonsense.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about that because <laughs> I, I do think that we still get a pretty cool Doctor Strange horror movie. I just think that in and you can see the seams of... Marvel executives coming in and saying, you know, kind of striking certain things down. Like, no, we're not going to do it that way. We still need to st- stick within the boundaries of a Marvel movie. Um, because, for better or worse, some people might not like it, some people really like it. Marvel has create- crafted a very specific feeling uh, of their movies. And they pretty much stick to that formula throughout all of their movies. And that has really been one of the sticking points of why Marvel films have tended to be pretty well received because they are very formulaic. They have a very specific nature to them and that's been working. Um,
1: I almost feel like, well, I mean, at least for me, I I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, it's, we're 15 years on this stick now. I've It's been kind of wearing thin for me for a little while. Like, you know, outside of like, you know, Spider Man, and you know, it's they've all been pretty like you know, average, nothing like you know, world defining. I think, and I think that's kind of how most of the films have been overall until they hit the main event one, like you know, where you get to Avengers, or you get to you know, Civil War, or you get to you know, Endgame. Because every all the individual ones, like you may like them, but at the end of the day, like couple years from there if you haven't seen it you're like oh yeah what the fuck happened in that film Mm -hmm. because again we've seen like Wong a thousand times I I still to this day say like who the fuck is that I know he's one of like (laughs) like but what's his name like there's so many people like in these movies where you're just like hey what you know
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I think that you're right too to a point like at a certain point Marvel is not going to be able to get away with this formula and I think that they have kind of seen that, which we'll, I think we'll talk about, too, in Doctor Strange, uh, you know, getting into the nitty gritty about the movie. Doctor Strange 2 does, in its own way, it does step out of the boundaries of a normal Marvel film. Um, it, it, it does have areas where it really goes for uniqueness, for surreality, um, in a way that we saw in the first Doctor Strange film, but kind of, like, done even a little bit more but at the same time it does still follow the formula and I do think that that you know over time that that's that's not going to work and I think that's why Marvel has been kind of repositioning the films that it does um, and taking away the the individual storylines and throwing them into the TV shows because the TV shows can really uh, hammer on the individual storylines and craft the you know that character into somebody that you are willing to follow in a film, whereas you know something like what Eternals really got reamed for, which we never saw. I mean, I've never seen it, um, but criticized for was because it had so many characters that really did not have any uh, initial introduction to the the viewer. So you really, you know, if you didn't follow the Eternals comic series, um, or even you know just having an understanding of those Eternals characters, the Eternals movie did not do a good job of, of introducing the viewer to all of them at once. There's just too many can't do it in one two and a half hour movie. So I think what, see, see, just
1: say, see justice league. Right.
0: So I think what Marvel has been doing is saying, let's throw all of those individual characters that we want to include in the expanding universe, but we don't really want to have that formulaic approach of like, make a movie, it's their origin story, do a movie about it. Instead, let's throw them into like a six-episode series arc, and then we'll bank on the fact that the viewer has seen all of those TV series, you know, the, the 27 hours of TV series that come to <laughs> Disney Plus in a year. We're banking on the fact that all of these people are big enough fans, and they want to give their money to Disney, that they'll have seen it. So when they come to this movie... We don't need to do that introduction to that character. They already know who it is, so we can, which, you know, get rid of. We can cut half an hour from the film and just focus on plot.
1: Which is is smart in a way because again, you're you're pumping up your.
0: Sorry, Siri, stop. We're wow. not. I don't want it's, you to subscribe to anything.
1: But um, but I listening. mean, as Siri was interrupting there. Yeah, sorry. I mean, uh. <laughs> I mean, it's smart in the way because it's going to drive f- subscriptions to mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Yep. Um, and then oh yeah, see, like, they, have it, they have a they have a they have a
0: money pit. Really? They, <laughs> they've
1: had a money pit forever. But my problem is me, like view people like me. <laughs> my which, problem is me. I'm <laughs>
0: well, like,
1: the problem. Like, well, like people like me, like there's too much. Like for me as a viewer, and there's just too many things that these. Companies kind of pump out now to attach to famous franchises. For instance, I've always I've been a big Star Wars fan like for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Love Star Wars. I could not be bothered to watch The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, fucking Obi Wan right now, and all these other things because it's like you got too much going on. Stop. Star Trek too. Star Trek they have like seven series out. Like hey. You like New Next Gen? Yeah, I like Next Gen. Next Gen's great. It's my favorite. Cool. Uh, You want to see fucking Picard? You want to see 90-year-old Patrick Stewart getting wheeled out to, like, you know, to some shit? No, not really? Well, we got three seasons for you right now. Enjoy. And then we, you got Beyond, and you got, like, you know, all the, like, there's just too much. It's, sen- like, for me, it's sensory overload. And it's... Kind of, I like kind of, for me, it kills the enjoyment in any of these because it becomes instead of like, oh, I get to watch something new that's enjoyable, it's becoming mandatory reading. It's a homework, it's homework for you. It's it's homework and it's a chore, right? And you know, it's like, and
0: and to to be fair, Doctor Strange 2 does have homework. If you didn't see WandaVision, the film basically expects you to know what happened in WandaVision or at least have an, an understanding of what happened because it. I do think it was smart because this film is only two hours and seven minutes. It cut down on a lot of the bullshit of having to do any sort of introduction to Wanda's character because we are, we should know that from WandaVision. But if you didn't do the homework, you didn't watch WandaVision, you're kind of left thinking, the fuck's wrong with Wanda? Why is she, you know, who are these kids? Why are they, you know, why why are they saying she, they're not real? You don't know because you didn't watch WandaVision. And so I, I think it's both a problem and smart from the Marvel series to say we're going to sideline these ideas to the TV show and force the viewers to see those TV shows before they'll know what's going on in the main movie series
1: it's it's fine if you're somebody who's like I like Marvel and that's what I want to experience because then you have you saying to ex-
0: I singularly like Marvel yeah. this is all I have time yeah. for
1: yeah exa- exactly because <laughs> then you're like okay I have time for that mm-hmm. but if you're somebody who's like I like Star Wars I like Star Trek I like you know all these like, I like all these different like, I like animes. are you
0: afraid of the dark which is coming yeah. back for a new season
1: yeah was, then you're, again it's there's just, yeah. there's way too much for you to, I, you would literally have to dedicate, like, right. like your days and, off to just sitting around be, watching be, 20, like, 20 hours of TV. And
0: to be honest with you, you know, I have been doing that. I have been dedicating, you know, the time to uh, sit down and, and say, all right, Wednesdays, the new Marvel series comes out. So, <laughs> I, on my Wednesdays, hey, that's me sitting down watching that episode. So, I'm part of the problem. Um but I feel and, well-versed and also, in the, the in the universe, too.
1: And, and it doesn't also help either that these episodes are an hour long compared to, like, you know, a half hour, 23 minutes.
0: Yeah, it depends on the episode because Disney loves to do that where they're like, oh, you expected a 50-minute episode? Hey, surprise, 35 today. They'll, they'll do that. They'll, they'll give the episode as long as it technically needs or, you know, instead of trying, which I kind of appreciate, you know. Some shows are like we're going going. 45 no matter matter what. what. Yeah, Uh, this show this has 20 minutes of plot, no problem. We got a c plot in here.
1: I say the the difference is is like when you're watching like Everybody Loves Raymond, you don't have to watch every episode Mm because you're gonna get uh, Deborah going Raymond and you know Brad Garrett being (laughs) like Raymond, and so you know what happened.
0: You 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 can surmise what happened in the last one.
1: You know, and it's you know, no big deal, whatever, you know. But here, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a, part, especially especially somebody like like we're both completionists too. Like, yeah. so like it, like it hurts my soul yep. to have these like things floating out Outstanding.
0: there. Outstanding. Yeah, I it, I, I, I get you. So, I uh it, the other and the other thing is like the now the MCU is becoming like comics, and we've talked about that before. Where it's now, you know, like there's so many tie-ins of tie-ins that comics have where you feel like at a certain point there is not really a starting point that you can effectively do besides going back to the beginning and be like well guess i start here at the which, literal beginning
1: oh well, i say which i i feel like the next time if i ever feel like i want to finally jump on the comic bandwagon because as you just pointed out and as i've said before it's one of the reasons why i've always been very you know skeptical of getting into comics because there's no real good jumping off point except the events that usually reboot you know the universe like if i was like to get out of the new 52 that would have been the point to get into because you, you know reset the continuity and went ahead from there or like you know after you know with crisis on infinite earth you know uh like the comics are you know overwhelming too just because you know you're reading a book and there's a tie into the tie-in to the tie-in to the tie-in and, like, if you're reading the next issue, like, you didn't read Catwoman, you know, 475 to tie into this, you know, random story about Batman? Well.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Gonna miss out. And I think they're getting there with these films.
0: Yeah. I, I think they are. And <laughs> they the only good thing about it is that they do structure them in, in overall arcs or phases. And apparently they are coming up to, like, Phase 5 or whatever, whatever, you know, it's 4 or 5, whatever the phase is.
1: They're on Phase 4 now. Yeah.
0: They're coming up to, and they they have stated that there will be a clearer understanding of what Phase 5 truly will be. Um, So, I guess we'll see. But getting back to Doctor Strange, um, we, you know, we enjoyed the original Doctor Strange. It's been six years now since the... Dr Strange which is kind of blows my mind. Yeah, it does. It's blows so my mind so too. long ago now. I can't I can't even too. fathom it. But to be to be honest, too, I truly do not remember a whole lot about the film. I remember be, liking the surrealist CGI constructions that it had of like going through, you know, blocks and portals and stuff like that. Uh, I remember Tilda Swinton doing her best Asian impression and <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much about it. You know, I don't, I don't, even, uh, the villain. I don't really remember who the villain was. Dormammu. What? Yeah. Cause okay.
1: I, Cause one of the things, the few things that I, I, which I did like the film, but one of the few things I remember about the film is the ending where it's just, you know, Dormammu, I come to bargain and I just, you know, it's an infinite loop. Yeah. They, you know, keeps repeating over and over again.
0: But again, though, six years between the first film and the second is a long time especially when you only have fleeting uh, appearances of dr strange you know he 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 makes some appearances in other films spider-man being one of the bigger ones that he's had a handle on um you know he was in the the avengers movies he was in um um something else too what else was he in or he shows up just real quick
1: Was that ant-man
0: one, yeah, maybe, maybe. Another one. But like, that's a long time to go between the first film and the sequel. Um. So it's hard to remember after you've gone through all of these Marvel movies, try to figure out like, oh, what happened to that first one? So we'll talk about all of that as we get into the movie. We've already had a very extended intro. So I think I'll cut it there. We'll take a but break. I-
1: I think it's deserved it though
0: that's yeah no I, I do as well we needed that whole time to really go through the caveats of marvel movies but let's take a break from the movie talk and we'll talk about the beer that we have on the show today i'll let you take it away because this is a special baby from you that you got us so oh from go me? ahead i
1: do think it goes from me i think it was from the brewery that we have today treehouse yeah treehouse is a massachusetts brewery I don't know how widespread people know them, but they're pretty prominent up in the Northeast. Yep. Um, I don't really think you can get their stuff outside of their brewery, but they're well, like when we do fight like a fight, the kind of, like I would say the findings of Massachusetts, they make yeah. big, delicious, juicy nipas. sometimes some odd things. Like I got the Hefeweizen too, which was very good. Um, but yeah uh so today um, i got from our fidance mule here's our treehouse Mule this time um i got their king julius nipa which um was i got that in the half of eisen uh the reason why i got the king julius because when i checked on my untapped i'm like what treehouses have i had i've had the regular julius and had the king julius which is like the double version of the julius so i said let's go with that and it's a basically like a double version of the julius which is a hazy naipa that has a exceptional flavor as the can says juicy and hop saturated beer without the rough edges and abrasiveness um
0: I would say that's fair. That's a that's saying. a good, good description of the beer.
1: As I take a sip, it's very citrus, like orangey, very mm-hmm. orangey, uh, tangerine like all the citrus flavors that you get from this, from the hop notes, are very, like orange, orange peel, tangerine, clementines. It's not like the tapestry that you would get with like a lot. That's like Oranges and pineapples and mangoes. Oh my! It's very, and as the can is, because the can's you know bright orange, is very, you know, orange based. And I like it a lot. I think it's very good. It's very smooth, very crisp. Even at like the eight and a half percent, it's uh, it's delightful. Um, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean this is a really good, nipa from Treehouse. I think you know it's their kind of their standard to go-to double um, nipa that they've been making. Um, I've had the Julius before. I thought the Julius was really good as a standard nipa IPA from them. They always have a very clean, fresh taste to it, uh, tropically citrusy. Um, they're j- you know, and they have they have a very high quality. Uh, taste to them as well um and this one is you know extremely good as well it's it's a a little bit higher alcohol content um the alcohol does not really come out in the in the actual flavor profile though you're not getting like blasted with alcohol uh which can sometimes happen with double ipas especially those that are are kind of marketed as like the uh the tall boy double ipas that have been coming out recently this one does not blast you with alcohol content. It really has a very nice saturated hoppy flavor, um, going for those tropical citrus notes. It does pour like orange juice almost. Um, very, very, very thick and hazy. And the mouthfeel is really great on this too. Um, I think it's a really, really good double uh, nipa. And you know, it's kind of interesting to, to say what makes like a really high quality double IPA versus one that's just on a lesser scale but I would say that this one just tastes very very fresh uh very um mild you know so it doesn't have like an acerbic acid taste to it
1: Jesus look at you banding (laughs) about these words yeah
0: um and I think that's what really makes this go down so it goes so smooth and easy I definitely recommend it very good double IP double IPA from uh Treehouse
1: yeah, and it, it makes me, you know, want to go there because they're only, you know.
0: Yeah, again, and yeah, again, I've never had a bad beer from Treehouse either. Um, I think I've had like maybe three or four, and uh, one of them was a stout, which is not really their area of expertise, but um, I've never had a bad one from them. And neither have I. I and to be honest with you, I can't
1: remember where I had the Julius. I can't remember if our Fiden's Mule. I bought it off to them one of the uh, one day or if that was, like, at a beer fest, like, Treehouse. It might have been a
0: beer fest. I remember Treehouse <sighs> was at one of the beer fests. I can't remember if that was the time you had it because I think they also had, like, a white IPA at that time.
1: Because I – well, I would have had that too. But yeah. I mean, like, the – because uh, Beer Tree – Is also there too Mm -hmm. often, which we do beer tree, you know, quite a bit on here too. So it kind of gets confusing. Treehouse beer tree, you know. Yeah,
0: they're very close. (laughs) I know it does get confusing. Yeah, I've had um, I've had four. I've had the bear, which is their brown ale, which is an interesting idea because they that's not again that's not really their wheelhouse. Um, I've had their Julius. Uh, now I've had the King Julius. I've had the Juice Machine, which is another one of their fairly standard, you know, um, go-to IPAs. Um, I've had their summer um, seasonal IPA and I've never been disappointed. So definitely if you get it in your area, check them out. Um,
1: Lisa, I, I'm pretty sure they don't really. because I, I mean, if they did, we'd be buying them more frequently around here, but I don't really think they.
0: Yeah, they don't really distribute Yeah, very high volumes or anything like that so you Always have to, to like find.
1: next time you're in massachusetts go at your your packy store and see if it's lying around
0: yeah and you know what unfortunately i was in cape cod just the other like yeah, for weeks va- ago for your vacation that you forgot about because you're so rich and i i did not get down to treehouse and i was literally miles from treehouse i did not make it over there it's unfortunate i wish i had mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm upset that I didn't get tickets to drive-by truckers at Treehouse, so, yeah. Well. Live and learn.
0: Yeah, we all have regrets, right?
1: Yeah, that's one of mine. Put it on the list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so back to Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. All right, Is it so in or and? It's in. It's in. You're sure? I am 100% positive I see it. On Absolutely. my tab right now. I'm,
1: I'm surprised you even said it because you've been saying Doctor Strange 2 the entire time. Yeah, I
0: know. I'd just <laughs> rather call it Doctor Strange 2 and be done with it, but it's a, it's a mouthful.
1: No, it's a great name, though. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. See, that seems more like a, t- like a TV serial series. Like, you know,
0: Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. It does, of right? It does. Sound- and,
1: each ep- and each episode would be like a new episode in the
0: Multiverse of Madness. That would be fun. So, and you know what? They did do that in to a certain extent. They did the "What If" series for um on Disney Plus, and that was a a cartoon version of the Marvel shows where it basically said "What if this happened instead of that?" And they did an episode on "What if Doctor Strange uh, did not get in that accident? What if it was Christine instead who who died in the accident? What would he do?" And he ended up destroying a universe. And I think I'm not. 100% positive, but I think that's what this movie refers to when they talk about the Doctor Strange that destroyed the universe. I think they are drawing parallels to the what if episode, but I'm not 100% certain. I, like, it's not clear, but it kind of sounds like it. So the what if is basically like alternate universes of various things happening, you know, like, and they also touch upon what if, um, you know, Captain America wasn't the first Avenger. What if it was
1: um... Peggy Carter? Yeah,
0: exactly. What it was Agent Carter that was uh, the first Avenger? So that series kind of started off the idea of what about multiple universes? And then it's interesting that it kind of led to – it led to all of these ideas. WandaVision was certainly – set to an alternate reality that was created by Wanda and it sets in motion all the things that happen in Doctor Strange um and like we said in the, in the intro if you haven't seen WandaVision you're going to kind of be left out of what is happening to set off the uh plot events of Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness because you wouldn't know the motivations for Wanda it kind of gives you you know it gives you a really quick really quick dream I can't. sequence
1: I can't even remember. Did Wanda die in Endgame? No. So it was just Vision. Correct. Okay.
0: Right. And then I, she I makes I... reference to that. That she had to kill Vision to take the the stone from Vision. And it didn't do anything. because. Well,
1: they... I was going to say. Because in the movie, Thanos kills Vision. But I couldn't remember when he snaps his fingers if Wanda was a casualty or not.
0: No, I don't think so. But, um... Like I said, if if you hadn't seen Wandavision, you're gonna you won't know too much about the plotting. Although it gives you the dream sequence of Wanda dreaming about kids, and then waking up to find she has none. So it kind of, like I feel like Raimi was was throwing that in there. You know, they were trying to get you to the point where like, okay, even if I haven't seen Wandavision, I kind of understand where she's coming from. She wants kids. She doesn't have kids. She's mad about kids. You know, like women are. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, well, this film's ba- – you can tell them from this film it's basically about women and when their ovaries dry up and become useless and go off the deep end. <laughs> Am I right? Totally true. She's like 70 years I
0: think old. they actually put that in the end of the credits. Yeah. <laughs> That's like – they're like, oh, this is what we're going for. <laughs> no, but um, it does – the Wanda sets everything in motion – so, you know, it is banking on the fact that you've seen WandaVision. Um, but I do really like the idea that it starts out in that multiverse element of seeing Doctor Strange. Nice little ponytail.
1: Dementor Strange. Uh,
0: yeah, demente- Dementor Strange. Sh- uh, no, Defense. Defensive Strange. If you watch the uh, Defender. Defender Strange. Defen- yeah. If you watch the uh, subtitles. Uh, you know, with America Chavez and they're running through... The multi, uh, a different universe. And I like that. I like that it started out like that. And then you get it that it's like, Hey, you ever dream that you're like doing something weird? Well, that's your alternate universe person. You're just, you know, you're, you're dreaming of what that person's doing. It's a cool idea. I like that. And it's a good introduction to the film gets, gets your blood pumping. And you have that really, you know, great sequence of fighting off the tentacle monster that wouldn't be out of place in La Blue Girl. <laughs> you know, just just tone down a bit for the PG thirteen Marvel rating. <laughs> I think uh someone w- go, went go, up to seen... <laughs> to Ramey and was like, Hey um you ever <laughs> you seen La Blue <laughs> Girl episodes three and four? <laughs> for this for this movie it's mandatory viewing, so we're gonna need you to sit down got my dvds from fye's 18 plus section right here <laughs> dvd try laser disc yeah right go go, go 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 ahead and go on classic go on
1: classic 80s hentai there good for
0: you. yep yep
1: oh that's the best joke you've ever made out of here. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> But uh, it does have a, it, you know. Does it it's a,
1: say, that they'll say that pop up on your back in the
0: day? <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, a blue girl, Bible black, really throwing it back to the, the high school days. Just need some futonari on there, and it'll be <laughs> set. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what did you think about that that opening scene with the tentacle monster coming through the portal and, uh, you know, attacking New York City and Doctor Strange and Wong taking it on?
1: Um. Well, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I liked the whole, you know, opening chase and see, obviously knowing it's from a different dimension. A little confusing, like, who the hell's, you know, running around with ponytail, Doctor Strange. And then...
0: Speaking in Spanish, too. Yeah. At know, first, I thought I loaded up the wrong uh, language track on the film.
1: No, man, it's just they're taking over America. <laughs> Um, but no, but I mean, I like like the whole setup was kind of good. Uh, overall, I thought the fight was kind of me. Um, yeah, that's kinda because why I brought it, this up. because it kind of like falls into the, like the like the setup is fine, and I like that as we go from you know one universe and a Doctor Strange dying and her jettisoning herself to a different universe, um, cool and fine. But I think the tentacle fight is like a. It kind of comes up as, like, just a really bad, uh, like, Akira fight at the end. And, like, with the CGI, like, it's just, it's a little too much. And it kind of, like, too, is also a little too on the nose from what Suicide Squad just did with their fucking starfish demon thing. Instead of a starfish, you got a giant
0: octopus. Yeah, Um, I thought that was interesting because I did think that the CGI suffered in this uh, this particular scene that it really looked like the, the tentacle monster was not corporeal. You know what I mean? Like it, it was very, um, Clearly. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it just, it, to me, it didn't like, and I think like CGI has come a long way. Like if you've seen the Mandalorian and some of the CGI that that show has, like, wow, some of them look really f- physical, like very real, three-dimensional. And I did not get that feeling from the opening scene with the tentacle monster, which I thought was really interesting because I, I tend to think that Marvel does a fairly good job with CGI as well. Um, you know, sometimes there's like a, a little bits and pieces where you, you can see the seams, but I think it does a pretty good job overall.
1: I think it's just more, one, overload, overload but two... Question back to you, though, is I almost think it's a, because the film kind of throughout has kind of like this kind of aesthetic to it. I think it's almost a choice because it's almost got that campiness to it that like Xenia and, you know, Hercules had, which Raimi produced. So it could have been like a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm.
0: Like maybe more of a just a campiness for the sake of it. Yeah, I could see that. You know, but I just I did I still felt like, you know, this even so the CGI kinda suffered a little bit. Especially like if you notice, there's this there's that one part where Doctor Strange cuts the bus in half. And the with bus saw
1: the bus Yeah with up. the bus
0: saw. And it flies the two parts fly around him and go into like their opposite directions. And you can see the bus settle onto a car. It looks really chintzy. Um, if you look at, if you look at the bus, it just doesn't look, you know, the physics don't look right. They just don't look right. Uh, but I I mean, I just, I wanted to bring that up because I did think it was like probably one of the, the places where they, they cut back on the CGI a little bit. And that is kind of, I mean, it makes sense because you don't have so much of a budget and the film is pretty much like 90% CGI. Literally every landscape is CGI. Every... It's, like all
1: action. it's all like all, like 80% action, too. There's yeah. not really any resting paces at points. That, at that's show. right.
0: It's... And that brings up a good point, you know, because skipping out on having the whole background that's done in WandaVision allows the film to not focus on Wanda as a character for like the first 30 minutes, which is what you'd expect from a Marvel movie that's generally, you know, two and a half to almost three hours long. you got to get that intro in. you got to get that like, well, what sets up the plot? Well, WandaVision set up the plot, so we really don't need that. So we cut that out. Hopefully, audiences saw it. And instead, we're going to focus on like pretty much near constant action of, hey, they're in a different universe. Hey, you know, Wanda's doing this, uh, getting the, the book. Hey, Doctor Strange is now in you know universe 838. And I think that is uh, an interesting stylistic choice because it does kind of remind me of Mad Max and the fact that you're kind of just thrown in and you're just for a ride the whole time that you're in the movie. Um, what did you think about that? What do, you, what do you think about the fact that the film doesn't really have any breakpoints where it, like, takes a breath?
1: I'm fine with it because the concept of In the Multiverse and Madness, it better be kind of like a buckshot, like you know. breakneck sort of thing. Break, yeah, breakneck. So, I'm fine with it as a concept, because it works well, um, it's kind of interesting to think about where it's going to lead the MCU, because again, all of these films somehow lead to, you know, the focal point of their phase, their event film, so I'm fine with, like, the breakneck pacing of it, because I think it's done well enough, um... I think there could be, like, more kind of characterization to some of the characters. I think, like, America Chavez suffers a lot throughout this film. She doesn't really like get too much. Uh, I think they could have gone to more multiverses. I think the fact that kind of, like go to, like, two makes kind of, like, the whole, like, in the multiverse of madness, you know. It's well, not-
0: you know what, though? You know, you get that one scene where they get transported through yeah A number like nine or ten but, different ones
1: but that's just the transportation it's not seeing like you know it'd be cool like you know, to see like you know and then jump around and around
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, i did think that that like the stationary element of being an 838 for so long um did affect my enjoyment of what we were supposed to be seeing as multiple universes I, I like the fact that we jump through the, the various universes, you get like all the weird things, the paint universe, um, things like that. But I feel like that's also been done, hasn't it? Wasn't there a scene in Spider-Man where they were like getting transported through various different portals that was very, very similar to that scene?: Do you remember I think that? so,
1: but also, I think so, but also too, I think this film probably would have benefited from coming out before Spider-Man because mm-hmm. it would have totally set up the premise of like the multiverse because f- you know no way home this what ends up being like the prep you know the setup to the multiverse uh which now jumps from here which i now imagine is going to be the big thing with these films is you know these tying all these disparate things to create you know a giant multiverse like a comic book um I think almost, you know, story-wise, this would might have benefited a little bit more being first. That way we get to see, you know, the Avengers experience firsthand, especially Doctor Strange, who's he's not the Sorcerer Supreme, but he really is, uh, and their experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I think the time that they spent at 838, you know, it was, it's good, it's fine, it's dandy. But I I think, as you said, it's, it's like, too much for too long because I think the idea would have been a lot better seeing them kind of go through the gamut of, like, a couple of, like, you know, like, maybe four different, like, multiverses and, like, how that all differs and ties into their universe.
0: What did you think of the alternate um, universe characters of, like, Captain Marvel and... Instead of Captain America, we get Captain Britain.
1: Well, you know that's a travesty. Um, also, too, um, I did not like Black Captain Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel. Uh, I want Brie Larson back, even though I was mad about that back in the day because uh, she was a woman. Uh, yeah, I I only like Reed Richardson because I know I know John Krasinski from The Office, and that's good wholesome comedy. <laughs>
0: Obviously, uh, no, obviously sarcasm and yeah. all that.
1: <laughs> um, no, I like that. I, you know, again, um, it's a, cause it's a great idea because you always have like the obviously infinite possibilities that could lead to that. So that's great. I did like the appearance of the appearance of John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Cause he's the, you know, leader of the fantastic four. And because Fox I don't know if Fox still owns the movie rights,
0: but we haven't seen. I think that Marvel has – I think Disney has said, here is a duffel bag of money and the uh, Fox executive's head. Please give us – the money. Fantastic 4. <laughs> yeah. Because no.
1: because I mean like the films have been trash. One of your birthdays we went to see the, the first <laughs> Fantastic
0: 4. <laughs> you won't let me live this this birthday down on the nope. anniversary of my birthday which is coming up tomorrow. You won't let me live this fucking birthday down of going nope, to see with, Fantastic 4 in theaters. Nope with
1: Johnny Silver and all the rest <laughs> of this shit. <laughs> But no, like, so they've been bad experiences and they've been bad films. So I'd like, it'd be cool, nice to see, like, the Fantastic Four kind of tied into this because the Fantastic Four is a big part of the DC, I mean, sorry, MCU. Same thing with uh, X Men, which Mm we can see Professor Xavier played by Patrick Stewart, which his wheelchair is comically CGI'd like this giant fucking a bus of a thing <laughs> it's kind of like the uh the captain in the star trek episode who's been paralyzed
0: he just responds to beeps that's this what is also exa- interesting that they you know they decided to play the x-men 97 theme made it very specific to the cartoon to the cartoon yeah. well they
1: probably don't own the rights to the Ratner. Rat why well, I,
0: I know that they are they're bringing back x-men 97 as a, a tv show oh. Um, um, literally named X-Men 97 it's supposed to you know basically take off from the cartoon the cartoon series that you know during its last season got handed off to some Asian cartoon <laughs> agency that like really fucked things up um, if you've ever well, watched I mean, it go downhill oof
1: well I mean like so that's nice because also that's like another thing too like the X-Men are always been excuse me another big part of the MCU mm-hmm which hasn't been able to be touched because, mm-hmm. excuse me again, Fox. I'm having your hiccup burps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as Fox has owned the rights to the X Men, so that's really you know interesting, um, <clears throat> and I like that because because it's. It's opening like a, oh, what if, you know? Yeah. The only fun, the really funny part about that is as they're talking about their fight with Thanos, you see fucking them, like, as we def- after we defeated Thanos, we knew we had to kill you, Steven, because you were the one that brought Apocalypse upon us. And you see them all lined up there after Thanos is dead. You got ex- fucking Xavier in his wheelchair mm-hmm. on some fucking plane. Just like eighty-year-old Xavier, like I'm gonna kill you with my mind. <laughs> it's so stupid, but so funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked I liked the idea of of seeing the alternate universe um, characters, and I you know what I really liked about it, and I think that they that, did a good job giving it to Sam Raimi, okay, is that they, they got, ba- it's they basically got, a big toy box, right? It's a, it's a it's a, a place, eight thirty-eight universe where you can mess around and you do not need to stick to canon. And it doesn't matter who you kill. And quite literally, they kill everyone in this eight thirty-eight universe that we meet. Um because it doesn't end up mattering. And I like that. I, I think that you know, Marvel and DC should really mess around with alternate universes more where they can you know, they could just fuck with stuff and it doesn't need to be part of Canon. Um, and you can just say, Hey, that took place in universe nine Oh nine. So you know what? We're going to reset next time. And it doesn't matter. I think that that's a, a fun thing that they, they don't take advantage of. I
1: think that's something that they're planning for. Cause of the fact that the past two films have been based on the multiverse. I hope
0: so. I hope I, they I, are.
1: I imagine eventually we'll get Marvel zombies. I hope as so. A, as a film,
0: well, know? we got Marvel Zombies as a what if. So, will they do it? I don't know. But, I mean, I do. I I think that they should mess around a little bit more with those because it does give them free reign. And it's good that Sam Raimi had this because I I would think like the the uh, the fight with Wanda, you know, as a dreamwalking Wanda in this in this universe with all of the rest of the Illuminati is really great scene because it doesn't have it like has. Um, no stakes to the overall canon of the Marvel Universe. So they can do whatever they want to. And they really went with it. And Raimi really, you know, went pretty far with what what Doctor Strange 2 shows us in terms of violence. Like, I don't know that we've seen the level of violence that we see when Black Bolt has his entire head, like, blown up, you know, and has the hemorrhage.
1: Which which is pretty cool. It's an awesome shot, yeah. Yeah. The whole, they uh, the whole, like, he, be careful, Wanda. He can, he can kill you with a word. Can you without a mouth? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, I think that's, you know, that's something that they really need to take advantage of. And they did a really good job. And Rami did a, a really great job focusing on that as part of, part of the horror element to it. That a witch has come in, done her spells, and you get this massacre in this alternate universe really great it's a it's a wonderful scene in this movie um full of violence i'm surprised they got away with it you know with a pg-13 rating with spaghettification and stuff like that
1: yeah poor poor reed he gets fucking just torn asunder just you
0: know basically makes a black hole and spaghettifies him and yeah it's it's great and you know while i would say that you know I think it may it was a little bit corny that Elizabeth Olsen gets that line, you know, the line saying, you know, okay, good. There's a mother to be, the parents to your kids. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I I I enjoyed that. You know, I don't know that Elizabeth Olsen does come across as particularly menacing, but no. I I like the line all the same.
1: If anything, she reminds me of Sindel in MK9 where they retconned her to fucking kill all of the Mortal Kombat characters except Liu Kang, Raiden, Johnny Cage, and Sonya. Mm-hmm. And that big fight at the end that uh, pisses all that Mortal Kombat fans off where she just goes through and curb stomps everybody one by one.
0: <laughs> she she's she's no. This movie has a lot of set pieces to it. Like, there's that huge battle scene um, at the uh, comertage, is that what it's called? Com- sure, commeritage. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, so. There's that huge like battle scene where they're you know readying arms, like a, it's a Lord of the Rings movie. There's you know they,
1: even <sighs> oh, like, co- oh you, yeah the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You have to love too the fact that Wong is like employing people who are just drumming for, for you know battle drumming for no reason. Like, uh, you guys, you're it's, not gonna it's, cast it's, shields. You're just gonna drum. Like, you guys, you know, you're not that good. <laughs> just get on the drums.
1: It's tradition.
0: Yeah, the battle drums. As as as
1: he summons it. the Swords of Supremes from China and London. You get some mandarin and like
0: Hello, chip 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 Yeah. I mean, but it has so it has a lot of set pieces. I think it does a really good job with most of its battle sequences. Um, but you know what? A lot of them do feel marvel esque, like I was saying. You know, they are very it, it is almost like someone said, Raimi, you got to get these elements into the movie. You know, you've got to have uh, Scarlet Witch just floating in space. You know, you've, you've got to have Doctor Strange and his cape uh, up in the air. You've got to have large sequence uh, battles that, you know, employ lots of CGI on buildings. Those are, those are mandatory. Um, I think those are, you know, parts of Marvel that they didn't really want to part with.
1: Just do just do, do end game I mean do Infinity Wars Final Battle, but do it throughout the entire film. Yeah. Over and over again.
0: And that's kinda like what we get from, from this movie. Like like we said, it does it's nonstop action. It is really it's hard to look away. It's very entertaining because it just moves from one thing to the next, like, over and over again. I think that's one of the things that really does really well. Again, I pinpoint that to kind of throwing the Exposition to WandaVision to allow that to kind of like take place, and Doctor Strange can kind of come in and and not really worry about the exposition at all, just go through plot. Um, there's a lot to a lot of plot to get through anyway. Like, you know, there's the Darkhold book, they've got to talk about the the book of the Shanti.
1: Stop calling it. it's the Necronomicon, right? (laughs) It's
0: literally the Necronomicon. They've got like, you know, they've got to get through multiverses, they've got to get through, um the what, what is that called the, the whatever fortress that they go to um oh, uh, egregore or something on Mount Vundegor, yeah vundagore whatever that mountain is they gotta they gotta get through that they gotta give you um exposition on dreamwalking um just so that you know they can get in that whole element of dr strange dreamwalking into a dead <laughs> body
1: if you're gonna do that, why not have Mike Mike Berbiglia so we can do like a little bit of sleepwalking with me? <laughs> I mean, imagine Mike wait
0: imagine Mike Berbiglia in this. Show. I'm like,
1: what's going on here? You know, things are weird.
0: He could have been at the wedding. <sighs> Would have been I guess, great. I could have seen him at the wedding. But how'd like, how
1: how do you feel about that? The wedding. The wedding with Rachel McAdams.
0: She's moved on. Doctor Strange was gone for a while. She's moved on.
1: She's in. Doesn't she just, like, look beautiful, and he's not happy at all?
0: Well, you know what? I think the opening scene of, hey, everybody went through some really fucked up shit
1: after Thanos,
0: you know, snapped his fingers, and just because you didn't get with the girl of your dreams, you know, like, because they they do have... um, Michael Stuhlberg come in here really quick as as Dr. West and he he basically gets a like one, probably like 2 minutes of screen time where he says like, "You know what? I lost my cats during the snap and I also lost my I think he says brother. his brother, brother. Yeah. yeah. I also lost my brother." And then Dr. Strange is like, "Oh yeah, that kind of fucking sucks worse than than me." Like you you know, but it, I do like the fact that the film just it still keeps bringing like and not just this film, but other films in the in the Marvel universe, like S- Spider Man, 2 keeps bringing up the fact that, like, you know what, the snap wasn't just like it snapped; then we fixed it. It was still a pretty big deal for everybody involved that had people disappear, um, had to move on with their lives. I, I do like that the all of the films keep coming back to that in some capacity, and in this case. Christine has moved on, has had to move on from Dr. Strange thought he wasn't coming back. So I like that. And I think that that sets in motion, the whole multiversal aspect of uh, what would you do? If you knew that somewhere you could be happy, but you have to ruin like another use reality to do it. Cause that's ultimately what Wanda wants, right? She wants to find another reality where her kids do actually exist you know, Vision wasn't killed, whatever, Then her kids exist, and then she wants to go to those kids, but doesn't really recognize that her invading that universe means that another version of her is going to be miserable because she's taking away those kids.
1: I don't think it's not that she doesn't recognize. I think she does. She just doesn't care.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I it's, think that's Now, yeah. Not
1: only that, too, I don't think it's like the grief from Vision not being there, because if if that was the case we would have seen vision throughout this film we don't see vision at all he's briefly mentioned i think it's you know it's all through you know her selfish you know desire but it's the same selfish desire that strange feels too for Mm -hmm. trying you know for not he he doesn't act upon but he does want the same thing like you know he as we see the film kind of progress of like he wishes you know things worked out with him and rachel mcadams
0: yeah and and not only that but like with 838 rachel mcadams he's like he wish kind of wishes you know like well what if we tried to have you know like it would it's more than a you know a long distance relationship it's a long universe relationship uh what if we had a you know multiversal relationship well it can't work because that's called an incursion and it destroys your universe
1: and she has red hair
0: (laughs) and she has red hair so that's Obviously, a detractor right there. <laughs> it's like Rachel McAdams' mean girl's blonde hair. Okay, Rachel McAdams' red hair from, from a 838 universe. No, draw she the line ba- there.
1: She looks better with the red hair.
0: Yeah, I do agree. The red hair works,
1: working girl. It's just funny because she didn't like have that much screen time at all. And the original Doctor nope. strangest, just... no, she
0: really didn't. Yeah, the, so they gave her a lot more. <laughs> And not only did they give her a lot more screen time, they gave her a lot more jumpsuit time. <laughs> <laughs> they were, you know, cause she has pretty much like a skin tight, like, and that's kind of interesting too. Like what kind of misogynistic boss does she have at this, uh, uh, research boss. Institute where they're what like, you I... know what your, uh, atti- work where... attire is a fucking skin tight jumpsuit.
1: It's hugging your ass and you got yeah. this tight, think tight you're gonna, belt
0: on. You think you're going to get a lot of work done with that? dr christine skin tight jumpsuit try you you drop a you drop a test tube you rip out your ass in that jumpsuit (laughs) it's funny
1: i worked the other day actually blew up my uh not my ass (laughs) uh uh the groin yeah you, you ripped it right out Yeah, I had to put some duct tape on it.
0: (laughs) Well, that's... You know what? You just experienced Dr. Christine in 838 Universe's (laughs) daily living. She goes through six jumpsuits a week.
1: And they're not paid for either. (laughs) Yeah, right. She's she's got a deducted on her tags. Ripped out
0: the breasticles, testicles.
1: (laughs) All of it. But...
0: uh, These films never go through the... The day-to-day discomfort of yeah, have, having to wear these types of outfits. So, um, we didn't talk about um, the John Williams score. John Williams score is very prevalent throughout this movie. What did you think about that?
1: Are you sure it's John Williams? Wikipedia says Danny
0: Elfman. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. I keep prefer- I keep saying John Williams this is Danny Elfman. I'm sorry. You're right. I don't know where I got John Williams from. John Williams on the brain.
1: So there's such confidence. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that 700 year old man still sitting yeah, right. there. <laughs> it was okay. It was, I mean
0: it is it is fine i didn't i think it does a good job of drawing attention to the horror elements though cuz it does have a nice little sting to it whenever there's like that wanda you know red-eyed wanda coming through it it does draw attention to like the the almost the evil dead moments of like you know when sam Raimi is is working through the evil dead stuff uh or or putting in you know his infusion of hey like this is kind of like the possessed demons and Evil Dead. We get a little
1: sting. look. They're deadites, but not deadites.
0: Yeah. Wink. Yeah, I think I think he did a good job of like drawing attention to that uh, with the score. I thought I thought it was pretty good.
1: A nice nice lo- uh,
0: flowing score.
1: I would have loved to see Bruce Campbell as Doctor Strange.
0: That would be fun as like an alternate Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because the I mean yeah the film does. Draw attention to the fact that, like, sometimes in alternate universes, they look the same. Sometimes they don't. You know, and obviously with the Fantastic Four, it's been pretty much um, well documented that John Krasinski is not going to be Reed in, in the next, uh, in, like, the actual Fantastic Four. So, like, it does set in motion the idea that you could have a different looking person in one universe than another. So, yeah. Would have loved to have Bruce Campbell as the alternate Doctor Strange. It would have been cool.
1: No, nope, but that he's Pizza Papa. He's
0: Beepa, Pizza Papa. But,
1: but, hey, that, that is a great scene. Hey, where'd you get that f- food? Oh, well, you know, in most universes, food is free. Surprisingly, yours is... Yours is, uh, you gotta pay for it. Hey, that's my pizza! <laughs>
0: <laughs> this ain't Sparrow, okay? And then... <coughs>
1: Doctor Strange casts a spell on him and he starts slapping himself. And she's like, yep. American Chavez is like, Oh, how long is that going to last for? A day? And he's like, Three weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, then you get the uh, the final. It's over! After credits. <laughs> uh, it was great. I mean, he makes the most of his uh, appearance, of course. Um, what do you think about those pizza balls? Did they look appetizing to you?
1: No, they, look they did like not chlamydia. look
0: appetizing to me. They reminded they like me of the Freddy Krueger pizza. In like, <clears throat> Nightmare 5 or whatever, whichever. Um, Dream Warriors. Yeah, whatever. No, not Dream with, Warriors, but. The one with Docken. They remind me of that night, the of the, the Freddy Krueger pizza. They did not look appetizing to me. But I'll what's trust a, what, Pizza Papa. What, well, what's a pizza ball? Totino's Pizza Roll. I don't know. The pizza ball, to me, looked like it was, like, a dough ball. With cheese surrounded, like wrapped in cheese, and then you pepperonis know those, on top.
1: I say, you know those random, like when you're like on a website and you're like on your phone or whatever, where doesn't have like ad block, and you see like the random skin disorders, and you see that. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's what, what that, the that pizza like.
0: papa balls look it, like. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's probably not appetizing. Uh, well, I think Bruce Campbell did a good job though. I would like. like no, to- Bruce Campbell's great. I wish he was in it more. I wish he's a companion. The yes. ending is great. I like the the final after credit sequence quite a bit. You know the meta element of it, and I also like the fact that he beats himself up like you know Evil Dead with the with the rogue hand, possessed oh, yes. hand. Nice little callback there too. What uh, what'd you uh, say? Yep. What did you think of Sinister Strange? Um, I like Sinister Strange. I think that's a cool. Little idea um, of him being so, you know, having held the dark hold for so long that it corrupted him like that. Sets in motion the uh, post film or like the the end film uh, prior to the credit scene of him, you know, having that third eye pop up like that. I actually like that end scene quite a bit. You know, it's like, oh, everything's great. I'm in New York City. Got my nice little uh, purple button-up shirt on. I'm gonna got head my, down to get my runners on. Yeah, or? gonna head down. And, you know, like it, it was. Just, all it was missing was like the spinning around. You know, snapping fingers and doing the finger guns at people. Like, hey, you feeling good? Hey, you feeling good? And then uh, you know, he has a, has a keel over, and uh, pops open a third eye. Well, I, like I that. hope.
1: See what well, I'm fine with that, and I like that. I just hope if they're gonna continue in that direction, which they kind of have to, from what this sets up, if the next doc- if they don't have Sam direct the next Doctor Strange, it's gonna be malpractice.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's I I find it hard to see anybody really kind of picking up where this left off on <clears throat> that same tonal note, like.
0: I would love to see Marvel kind of give the reins over to Sam Raimi and say, make it weirder. Because I do think that this film did go some places that Marvel has been uncomfortable to go. It's a little bit more violent than we are generally used to. Has more horror elements to it. You know, obviously Raimi infusing some of those evil dead characteristics, um, dead characters and things like that. Um, I, I would like to see them make it weirder go to different multiverses uh really explore the differences between them um allow the creativity to come out of you know what kind of horror elements can you can you put in here like you know not every universe is going to be great right some universe is going to be fucking terrible like they kind of go to one where it's like yeah the strange uh, one where it's, it's already been it's compl- a, like pretty crash. much yeah ridiculously you know been destroyed so go to different universes allow him to you know take over a little bit and loosen up the reins i think that would be a lot of fun because i think one of the reasons why i did have so much fun with dr strange too is because it did loosen the reins a little bit allow them to go places that they wouldn't otherwise go and i think we need more of that in the universe to um get out of the rut that the films have kind of gotten themselves into. I think we've seen that a little bit with Spider-Man and Dr. Strange too, you know, with the multiverses and playing around with meta meta concepts. Um, they've kind of gotten out of the formulaic approach that they had had with um, <clears throat> some of the other introduction films, but I think they need to do that a little bit more. I'll be interested to see what Thor does with um, its approach to the new film, because I think, you know, I think, Taika Waititi did a really good job with Thor Ragnarok, but I am interested to see where it goes from here. Uh, does it get weirder? Does it get more a, a little bit different from Marvel's formulaic approach? I think that's gonna hint at the direction that we're going at with like the the end of Phase Four into Phase Five. Anything else that you wanted to to talk about with Doctor Strange too?
1: I think that's
0: it. I think we covered everything. How about the gay moms, though? How did you feel? Did that make you just like, did you, did you, I know, I think I know what you had to do. You had to shut off your TV for a little bit.
1: I did. Until they and... got
0: yeeted through the portal, you were yeah. like, you know what? <clears throat> gay moms. No, thank you.
1: I had to pray to God for a little bit.
0: What a. I, uh, I,
1: I, had, I had to listen to Alan Jackson's Where Were You for a little while. Did
0: you feel the pull? To another male figure, where no. you like, you know what? No, because my penis is a dousing rod and it no. is pointing directly at another man.
1: No, because Jesus protected me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, uh, I'm just kidding. Like, I like the fact that they did have America Chavez in here and they didn't extremely call attention to the fact that there was um gay characters however they do it the does fact like kind of go like hey your moms the- your moms your moms well no um, they
1: do too because she has the entire time a uh, a pride pin on
0: i kind of you know like that's a kind of a, a a thing that i i find a little annoying about films not that they are like hey we have gay characters in this movie or whatever but the fact that they have to constantly draw attention to it because at that point, your point of putting that in the film of just is, normalizing has, has token, you're right, right. Tokenism. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Instead of just letting it be like, if they, it be. It, like if she didn't have like that pride pin on and we got to see like, you know, the memory that we get to see of her, like in, you know, in her own reality, her own multi, you know, her own universe and, you know, living with her moms would have been fine. Yep. Oh, they speak Spanish. He's got, you know, it's whatever. It's a day in the life. But I think the fact that, you know, it's accentuated by the fact that, you know, they purposely have with her aesthetic, it, you know, on her jean jacket, the pride pin, which I am fine with overall. But it does, you know, come across as like, oh, look at me. Look I also weird.
0: kind of find it interesting, too, that they were like they had to make the alternate universe character have the the gay moms, so it's like it's almost it's like, like looking, they can, they can kind of get away with it. They're like, well, you know what? It's an alternate universe. You know, lesbianism is common in that universe. Maybe not in ours, but in their universe, yes. Like it's it's almost a way to to get away with it, and then also not anger other people that would take well, offense to it. At the
1: same time, though, it's it's it kind of comes across as like to not like normalize, as you said, because it's like. Yo, look, yeah, I don't know what's happening here, right? But it's, it's an, also like saying, like, look how enlightened they are, you yeah. know,
0: it's an alternate having, universe,
1: you know, having two moms where we, you know, we just rolled back abortion rights by 50 fucking years. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary's baby up, which now. <laughs> oh, we should really should, we probably should, but no, yeah. I mean, like, I, like, I'm fine with it, it doesn't bother me, but I mean, like, I think some like. At all, because I I don't think there's anything to be offense you know offended by. It. Otherwise, like this whole film, you'd be offended by because you'd be like Rachel McAdams and Stranger Things. You know, they're the only two white people in this film. <laughs> yeah. You know. It, it, so I mean, it's it's like I said, it's fine. But again, it's coming from a commercialized aspect of mm-hmm. you know being like, look, look what we're doing, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's no. where you know I, I I think that's where it's doing a disservice. I don't think it's anything like if you were somebody who's against that type of thing to get up in arms and butthurt about. But at the same time, I don't think you should be throwing this film like, you know, like Bravo, sure. like, you know, throwing them awards for being, you know,
0: so, progressive because yeah,
1: because it's it's there's it's not it's coming from a very shallow, you know, thought process, probably.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so it's our coverage on Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Hope you enjoyed that. Go back and listen to all of our Marvel episodes. There's a lot of them yeah there's a lot it's uh we to be,
1: it's supposed to be a jail podcast and
0: <laughs> we just do <laughs> contemporary superhero movies <laughs> yeah, no uh but if you did want to go back and listen to all those, you can subscribe to us on um what
1: was our first one I'm try- I'm going to look
0: back um, I think it was. The say, I think it's Civil War. Civil War. Yep, I think you're right. I'm taking a look, see, Lou.
1: You can give we're... it a rate. We did Batman. Oh, we did Batman v Superman first. Oh, m- oh my
0: God, that's right. We didn't give this a rating. Holy crap! We're gonna give this a rating before he closes out. This? Yeah, this Probably. movie. We can we can give it a rating.
1: Yeah, no, we didn't give it a rating.
0: Jeez. All right. Well.
1: And then and then we did Civil War four episodes after uh batman v bad so civil war was our jumping mm. off point
0: so on a scale of zero to ten Necronomicons disguised as darkhold books what would you give dr strange in the multi- multiverse of madness?
1: i'll give it a seven and a half um i like it a lot it's entertaining enough i think the fact the, the CGI is a little too ever-present which I understand with the idea of the film it kind of has to be because I can't imagine what physical effects would look like but I think that kind of detracts from it I think it's a good idea I think Sam Raimi alone lends a lot to this film with the fact that of his just general aesthetic and style Um, I think calling it Evil Dead 4 is, it's not a misnomer, it kind of is, in a superhero form, it's enjoyable, it's fun, it's a romp, it's a good film, you know, film to watch, um, but I don't think it's anything, like, you know, absolutely amazing, it's not anything groundbreaking, it's not anything that's, like, probably sticking in your head. Kind of like the first Doctor Strange. As much as I like that, which I do remember liking a lot, I think I probably gave it an 8. Um, it's, there's not that much that's going to stick with you. It's just your stereotypical popcorn film. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. If you like Sam Raimi like we do, if you like the Evil Dead films like we do, a lot to be enjoyed here because of his... Charm and direction that he brings to this franchise. And I hope, with the way the film ended, on after, you know, Strange has been corrupted by the Darkhold, that if they're going to go that route, they better let him continue. Because I think that could be very enjoyable. And I think having this be like a one off on like that kind of his style is going to be damning, it's going to be damaging, and it's going to be kind of incredibly jarring um which the easily can explain away due to the multiverse but at the same time i I think for continuity's sake i think you need to at least have sam direct the next one to see where dr strange goes but overall i'd say it's seven and a half for now it's a very good very enjoyable film but it's nothing that's really going to stick with you for too long
0: I would, I would probably give this an 8 out of 10. I think it's a it's a good movie. I think that they um, have allowed Sam Raimi to do some things with it while also sticking to the Marvel formula. Um, I do like the fact that they went a little bit outside of the box, went a little bit more horror with it. I don't know that um, it is completely where I w- would hope it to be. I think I would allow Sam Raimi a little bit more you know, executive control over uh, some of the horror elements to it, and you know, kind of go over the top with it. Allow Doctor Strange to be a franchise that kind of gets away from the normal Marvel formulaic element, um, because I think it is that type of um, franchise. It, it's it, it can do that because it has universes, it has portals, it has weird stuff. Allow the director, whether it be Sam Raimi or someone else, to take it with creative license um with that said i think they do allow it to a certain extent to get that far um i like the the horror elements to it i like sam remy infusing some of the evil dead stuff to it you can very very draw easily draw a line to evil dead between doctor strange two in this uh you know there's basically there's there's memes out there that basically have all the formula pieces of an evil dead film equating it to doctor strange I think they do a really good job with the the plotting for a two-hour movie um, because they threw all of the exposition to WandaVision. They were able to really focus on action content for the the sole two hours of this movie. And while I think that might be a hindrance to people who do not have the time to invest in like Disney Plus TV series, it's a smart idea Um to kind of cut down on some of the exposition that you have to do in, mar- in the movies itself. So, while I, I can see both um, you know, sides of the issue, I did find it interesting that they were able to just cut out that exposition and go directly into action. Especially since I have seen WandaVision, so I had that kind of background. Um, for someone who hasn't had that background, okay. um, like you, that might be more of an issue. So, um, I do think that's an interesting approach and I'm interested to see where they go with that from here. And I'm interested to see what they do to, um, get out of the Marvel formula and explore other things. And I think you're right. Allow Sam Raimi a little bit more control in the next movie for Dr. Strange to explore other elements of multiverses that, um, might expand on what we get here because we really only truly get, like, one universe and we get to see that and you know, its it's scope. But we we need to see more.
1: Which we kind of see with Thor, like Ragnarok, where he gets, you know, got sent off, you know, to Jeff Goldblum World, you know. Yeah. Which isn't the same universe. But, I mean, I think... I think as long as these films are making money, I don't think they're going to be interested in kind of doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think... Honestly, with the way it's kind of structured This film ends with him And we get the post credit scenes Of like, there's been a, you know Incursion, will you help us with it? Sure Probably not going to see that for like another five years <laughs> Yeah So, I mean A can happen in between there mm-hmm. You know, so Whether or not you keep up In the Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe Or not, I think I mean I there's a lot t- a lot of opportunity by the time that film happens. We're gonna it's gonna this film will be out of sight, out of mind, and you're not gonna even be thinking of like wait, what happened to that
0: film? Yeah. Just just like we did with the first Doctor Strange. Alright. So that's our episode on Doctor Strange too. Hope you enjoyed. If you wanna go back and listen to all of our episodes there on pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of apple podcast google podcast stitcher our home base on anchor.fm uh anywhere you can get a podcast we're on it subscribe to us leave a nice leave us a nice review appreciate that we are on twitter and facebook find us on there just search blood and black Rump podcast we also have an email address at blood and black podcast at gmail.com you can write to us let us know what you like what you don't like we'll take that into consideration and uh you can donate to us on our patreon page uh or at our anchor.fm page anything that you can send our way we'll put back to beer so we appreciate that and we'll drink it down um for the next episode i really would like to do rosemary's baby i think that's a good idea for for the next time what do you think about that
1: that'd be a good idea too
0: all right so um i think that we'll slate that in rosemary's baby for the next episode um
1: we need more donald pleasance
0: that's true can't get enough all right
1: i think personally we should be doing hercules but
0: change it to an uh hercules a week episode
1: no i i meant more like just sam we're going to sam Raimi's. so we're gonna do hercules and xenia
0: yeah well, I don't know if I have time to, to binge the whole season. Oh, you the do whole series. You do. Both you have the
1: You can watch all 111, 111 <laughs> episodes of Hercules. Quite one. a few. 13four episodes of Xenia, so I believe you have' it in you. The finest of WB and UPN TV.:
0: Absolutely. All right, well, thanks for listening. Um, we hope to see you back next time for our Rosemary's Babies episode. Happy birthday to me for tomorrow. and uh until until our next episode
1: take care